0: Please be aware, the stories, theories, reenactments, and language in this podcast are of an adult nature, and can be considered disturbing, frightening, and even in some cases, offensive. Therefore, listener discretion is advised. You know what? There's adult content ahead, and you've been warned. Sit back, grab your favorite drink, relax, and prepare to be transported to today's dark enigma. And on today's dark enigma, since we're starting a new year and we're all making resolutions and whatnot, I thought today's topic would be an appropriate and perfect fit. So, with that said, we will still be playing our drinking game. And as you know, the drinking game is only for those of us that are at home and have nowhere else to go tonight. The choice of libation is always yours, so choose your poison accordingly. All right, now for the game part. How about every time I say, time travel, that will be a single shot. And every time I say, prediction, that'll be a double shot. All right. Now that we have the business end out of the way, we can jump headfirst into today's dark enigma and the story of one John Titor, the time traveler from 2036, who spoke out about World War III, time travel, super verses, and all kinds of other crazy nonsense. We are covering it all today, my darlings, and it's going to be a long one, so make sure you got a very large drink. All right. On the 27th of January 2001, an unusual message was posted on an online forum, Post to Post, which is a forum by Coast to Coast host Art Bell. It said, and I quote Greetings. I am a time traveler from the year 2036. I'm on my way home after getting an IBM 5100 computer system from the year 1975. My time machine is a stationary mass temporal displacement unit manufactured by General Electric. The unit is powered by two topspin dual positive singularities that produce a standard offset Tipler sinusoid. I will be happy to post pictures of the unit. End quote. The poster's name was John Tider. A man who described himself as an American soldier from the future. The reason for traveling back in time, he stated, was to retrieve an old computer which contained a component of vital importance to the future. This was a story which was maintained throughout further posts, which appeared in great number across many different online forums. For many who have researched the enigma, the name John Tider has been an incessant source of fascination and obsession. This is in part due to the rich details his story provides about our future and the nature of the universe in which we live. In his forum posts, Tider claimed that we inhabit a superverse, where every possibility is happening concurrently across an infinite number of parallel universes. By traveling through different times and dimensions to the past, Tider stated that he would never be able to return back to the exact dimension from which he came. Instead, he expected to travel to one different, but very similar to his original timeline, The reason for this, he explained, is a divergence effect. Our universe is alleged to be 2.5% divergent from his universe. This means that Tider's own history, recorded in various forums from November 2000 to March 2001, supposedly references a future which is 2.5% different from our own. But who is John Tider really? John Titer described how he was an American historian with a specialism in the 20th century. His academic funding had been provided by the army while he was an enlisted soldier. By the year 2036, he claimed time travel had been developed by the government and had been used for several years by the time of his expedition. Tider said that he had been chosen to be sent to the year 1975 with the mission of retrieving an IBM 5100, a portable computer which contained an outdated piece of coding that was needed in the future. The Army had chosen Tider because of his historical knowledge and because his grandfather had been one of the people who had worked on the very computer that he needed. During the course of mission in 1975, Titer made an obscure promise to his grandfather that he would return to the year 2000. While no details are given as to the nature of this promise, Titer maintains that it was for personal reasons. Such was how it came to be that in the year 2000, John Titer shared his story on the internet. So, how likely is it that a future society would desperately need access to outdated computer technology? I mean, come on, it's 2020, guys. Would you really say, you know what, I want an iPhone 1 or a Galaxy 1? No. While this part of the story may seem unusual, in 2002, NASA experienced a similar dilemma. To finish building their booster testing machines, they had to buy outdated medical equipment on eBay to scavenge their now obsolete Intel 8086 chips from the 1970s. In the case of the machine Titer was sent to retrieve, the IBM 5100, the time traveler described a special feature of the machine which had not been publicly announced, and This is what he had to say on February 15th of 2001 in the post-to-post Art Bell Forum. And I quote, You mean, other than the mad cow pandemic, the breakthroughs in high energy physics, and the unknown functions of the 5100? Hmm. That quote by Titor was loaded with allusions to our potential future and discoveries that would soon be revealed. Titer mentioned a hidden functionality within the computer that really did turn out to exist. That's right, it does. The functionality, was, the functionality was likely unknown to the average consumer at the time of its posting, so it's curious that he would have known such a detail himself. Meanwhile, we've yet to encounter a mad cow pandemic, though it should be noted that new studies have shown some possible connections or similarities between Alzheimer's and prion diseases such as mad cow disease, which are infectious. In fact, the title of a recent article in Scientific American does make me wonder, and its title is The Case for Transmissible Alzheimer Grows. Interesting. Interesting. Titter's comments about breakthroughs in high-energy physics almost certainly point towards CERN, who in 2013 announced the discovery of the Higgs boson. And yet, Titter also claimed that CERN would soon discover the means of time travel. But we're getting ahead of ourselves now. Bizarrely, some of these computers are said to hold a special code, which stopped being used after the 1970s. In fact, in 2004, a few years after the tighter mystery, Bob Dupke, an engineer who helped design the IBM 5100, did indeed confirm that such a feature existed. The fact that the IBM 5100 is portable also makes it a better candidate than its far larger cousins for this alleged one-man time travel expedition. As his motive for needing to travel back in time was somewhat logical, those communicating with Tider on forums at the time were drawn further into his story. Honey, it's like going down the rabbit hole. The future according to John Tider. As well as describing his personal history, John Tider also revealed information about a future marred by warfare, a common theme in all of his posts is the detail he provides in describing alleged future events. As of his post, November 4, 2000, where he states, a world war in 2015 killed nearly 3 billion people. Well, we hadn't reached the year 2015 when this prediction was originally made, now that we can see it in the rear view, and from here it doesn't look like we experienced the world war John Tider spoke of. According to this story, though, Titor began his journey in 2036. He'd grown grown up in Florida and experienced both a domestic conflict in the form of a civil war, and he states there is a civil war in the United States that starts in 2005, followed by a worldwide nuclear war in 2015. The effects of these conflicts were disastrous, and much of Titor's story involved his contempt for the people of our time period. His dystopian future, he thought, could have been avoided. Now, is there a scenario where Tider's future could still come to pass, despite being off by several years? And that's a question that lingers due to his claim that time travelers experience a roughly 2.5% divergence in timelines when traveling. But we'll get back to that probably many times, but many wonder if we might observe little hints of other timelines, like little what-could-have-beens. The question is, did Titer change our world's timeline simply by coming here? Well, let's think about the Iraq War, and the post from February 5th, 2001, again in post-to-post Art Bell Forum, and he states, "'None of the things I have said will be a surprise.' There were set in motion 10, 20, even 30 years ago. Are you really surprised to find out that Iraq has nukes now, or is that just BS to whip everyone up into accepting the next war? End quote. Here we see a comment by Titer about an event that did come to pass. Titer arrived on our timeline in November 2000 and left or stopped posting in March of 2001. Now remember, This was before 9-11, and the United States had not invaded Iraq until 2003. The prelude to the invasion involved many public hearings on the possible presence of weapons of mass destruction, with Congress passing the Iraq Resolution in October of 2002. Debates raged at the time, and still to this day, regarding the evidence for WMDs in Iraq. What's curious is that Tider would make such comments well before the public eye turned again toward Iraq, and the possibility of another war. The fact that he also mentioned the exact context of the war has perplexed many who have re- researched the John Tider story. Tider also made sta- statements like, As far as war goes, I have faith you are quite capable of starting one all by yourself, and in the grand scheme of things, the war in the Middle East is a part of what's to come, not the cause, always giving the implication that a long, drawn-out battle was up on the horizon for us. It's certainly possible that these statements were simply the result of foresight or good political guesses, especially since the United States had already been involved with Iraq during the Gulf War. Even so, this is perhaps one of Titer’s most compelling statements about our then-future made before it happened. And I quote, The year 2008 was a general date by which time everyone will realize the world they thought they were living in was over. The civil war in the United States will start in 2004. I would describe it as having a Waco-type event every month that steadily gets worse. The conflict will consume everyone in the U.S. by 2012 and end in 2015 with a very short World War III. End quote. The Waco event Titor referred to was a siege in 1993 by American federal and state authorities against a religious sect in Texas. During the crisis, hundreds of federal agents attacked the compound. Overall, at least 80 members of the sect were killed, including children. At the time, the siege was widely regarded as a landmark event, which turned the minds of many Americans against the federal government. By referencing it, especially with it still in recent memory, Titor insinuated the rising of tensions between local and central authorities. Indeed, the alleged time traveler described how, as a young man, his life was defined by a war which pitted the countryside of the United States against cities controlled by federal authorities. And we're going to talk about the growing civil unrest, because he posted on February twenty-first, two 2001, Again, in post-to-post Art Bell Forum, they, they will be the ones arresting and holding people without due process. Titer made many comments regarding civil unrest, reaching a boiling point in his timelines 2005. Without getting too political, it's easy to see how certain events and political conflicts in recent years and in multiple countries could give weight to Titer’s comments, though obviously the dates are far off. According to Titor, until 2015, this conflict was limited to guerrilla warfare. Across the nation, those living in the countryside took up arms against perceived federal abuses of individual rights. And he stated, When the civil conflict started and got worse, people generally decided to either stay in the cities and lose most of their civil rights under the guise of security, or leave the cities for more isolated and rural areas. Our home was searched once, and the neighbor across the street was arrested for some unknown reason. That convinced my father to leave the city. From the age of 8 to 12, we lived away from the cities and spent most of our time in a farm community with other families, avoiding conflict with the Federal Police and National Guard. By that time, it was pretty clear that we were not going back to what we had, and the division between the cities and the country was well-defined." Due to the rising stakes of the conflict, a military career was an obvious choice for the young time traveler. He states, I joined a shotgun infantry unit in 2011. I served with the fighting Diamondbacks for about four years. He continues, The civil war ended in 2015 when Russia attacked the U.S. cities, our enemy, China, and Europe. The conflict then became nuclear when America's enemies using nuclear weapons against many cities across the USA. Nuclear war is a very undesirable thing, but it is not the end of the world. There are areas and cities we can't enter, and the environment did suffer a great deal of damage, but we are recovering. Isn't Hiroshima a thriving city today? The major physical effects include skin cancer, infertility, infection, etc. Almost everyone has some sort of physical remnant from the war, end quote. Titer stated that after the war, the USA reforms itself, and he states, The United States is still a representative republic in 2036, but it was touch and go for a while. After the war, the U.S. had divided into five general areas based on their economic and defensive strengths. Many people blamed the government organization for the war, and the last constitutional congress was held in 2020 to officially scrap the Constitution and start over. Fortunately, this exercise in anger pointed out how hard it was to come up with anything better. It was decided the document wasn't the problem. As a result, there have been a few small changes to the Constitution and the executive branch, but you would easily recognize it. The average citizen is more educated about the Constitution and aware of the rights and responsibilities it gives them. Federal power has been, been decentralized, and the focus of daily politics is in the state senates. Federal law has also been streamlined, but much harder to change or make additions, to. End quote. The aftermath of World War III. Well, in the aftermath of the war, Titer explains how survivors continue to value family and small communities. In 2036, life was described as being very difficult from what current society may imagine it to be. He states, and I quote, In 2036, I live in central Florida with my family, and I'm currently stationed at an army base in Tampa. The people that survived grew closer together. Life is centered on the family and then the community. I cannot imagine living even a few hundred miles away from my parents. There is no large industrial complex creating masses of useless food and recreational items. Food and livestock is grown and sold locally. People spend much more time reading and talking together face to face. Religion is taken seriously and everyone can multiply and divide in their heads. End quote. One that I found interesting was the future of the Olympics. And he posted on January 29th of 2001. And I quote, as a result of many conflicts, no, there were no official Olympics after 2004. However, it appears they may be revived in 2040, end quote. Here's a case of a tighter prediction that didn't come to pass, but perhaps almost did from a certain point of view. While the 2008 Olympics were held in Beijing, China, they didn't occur without a hitch, During the lead-up to the Olympics, Tibetan protests spread throughout Chinese provinces with calls for independence and the return of the Dalai Lama, as well as a number of boycotts. Many wondered if this would interfere with the Olympics, though they did continue forward with it. Of course, Titor didn't mention the 2000 Olympics specifically. He stated in no uncertain terms that after 2004, no Olympics took place at all, due to the civil and world wars. Here in our world timeline, London hosted the Olympics in 2012 and Rio in 2016, soundly blowing a hole in this particular statement. By the way, Tokyo, Japan will be hosting this year's Olympics. He also had an interesting comment about an overheating space plane, which was done on February 13, 2001, again in the Post to Post. And he states, care to share with me how you solved the overheating problem on your space plane? This was such an odd thing for Titer to say. What space plane was he referring to, and what problem needed to be solved? Many people believe that his comment here was an allusion to the Columbia Space Shuttle disaster of 2003, which occurred after a piece of foam struck the shuttle's left wing during takeoff. Upon re-entry, superheated air breached the damaged wing, leading to the disintegration of the shuttle. NASA's space shuttle program has been shuttered for years now, so perhaps it's not unusual for Titor to refer to it as a space plane. From his point of view, the program would have perhaps been a forgotten footnote in history, something he really didn't remember much about. Makes sense. But on to the most important question, and the one that I wanted the answer to, was the discovery of time travel. In March 2, 2001, again in Post to Post, he states, the general public was informed about time travel around 2034. With peace reinstated, time travel was invented by the year 2034. However, Titer pointed out that, in his future, it had not yet been made available for public use. Although it is reserved solely for official purposes, the general public is aware of its existence. In his forum post, Titer is happy to discuss time travel at length, including its moral implications, which he said are discussed even in his own time. Titer claimed that the state, for example, had considered using time travel as a sort of punishment. 2034, a year we haven't been to yet. Will time travel ever be possible? Has it already been discovered yet to be revealed to us? Titer claimed that the mechanisms of time travel would be unveiled at CERN with the creation of micro-singularities, or miniature black holes. This would unlock the potential of temporal travel. Titer's own machine, which he was trained to operate specifically for his emission in 1975, was created by General Electric, which is good news for them because, obviously, they're still in business. And at the time of his departure from 2036, New variations were being designed, he claimed, with more accurate clocks and far greater precision. So, let's talk about John Titor and the many worlds interpretation. Now, this was a post from February 25th of 2001, again post to post. The many worlds theory seems to wrap up very nicely into current string theory. Unfortunately, we have not solved string theory yet either, but seems to be the best working model we have in 2036. As you are probably aware, the big equation does not need the final solution in order to take advantage of the smaller parts that do work in the real world. What do we make of the science behind John Titor's alleged time machine? Well, that's a little bit of a hard one to unwrap, but it is curious that Stephen Hawking seemingly changed his mind about the nature of black holes and Hawking radiation not long after Tider showed up. In his original Faxes to Art Bell, Tider stated, and I quote, Time travel was invented in 2034 offshoots of certain successful fusion reactor research allowed scientists at CERN to produce the world's first contained singularity engine. The basic design involves rotating singularities inside a magnetic field. By altering the speed and direction of rotation, you can travel both forward and backward in time." The use of black holes as described by Titer clashed with our understanding of how they worked at the time. Namely, microsingularities would evaporate before you'd be able to do anything with them. However, in 2004, Stephen Hawking revised his theory, bringing it in line with Tider's comments on the nature of Hawking radiation. Another interesting statement of Titer's that jumps out at us is this. And I quote, again, February 15th, 2001 on Post to Post. It is believed that all world lines end. It is also thought that parallel world lines that appear to be the same end at different times, end quote. This would, strangely enough, coincide with the existence of a low-mass Higgs boson, and recent findings at CERN seem to indicate that this may, again may, be the case. A low-mass Higgs boson would indicate that at any moment the universe could spontaneously explode. Could this in fact be evidence that world lines actually do exist and end? The vision John Titor paints of the multiverse is similar to fiber optic lights. Each world line is a single point that stretches outward infinitely, but some of the lines can spontaneously come to an end, independent of the others. Time travel occurs as a result of traveling between those lines, thus no paradoxes as any time traveler would be entering actually another universe entirely. Yay, you can step on a butterfly. Just kidding, don't step on the butterflies. Titer also makes several references to the Everett-Wheeler model, also known as the theory of the universal wave function. It's an attempted explanation for the bizarre wave-like behavior of individual particles in the double slit experiment, stating that every possible outcome of events always happens, each event splitting off into its own universe to avoid wave function collapse, hence multiple world lines. At the moment, none of this can be verified. But our current path of physics may surprise us, and the many worlds interpretation is considered a legitimate possibility. So, it made me start to think, what are John Titer's motivations? I mean, why did he reveal all that he did? Throughout his forum posts, it's clear that John Titer, whoever he is, is willing to provide much detail about the alleged future. He gives opinions freely and is happy to answer questions, yet he had no desire to change the future to come. On the contrary, in his posts he often stated that he believed the coming conflict would be something which would help America grow in a positive way. In fact, he stated, I think the war would be good for you and your society, I don't want to stop it. Throughout his correspondence, there is something of a callousness when Titor speaks of the war to come. In one private message, he even revealed that he hates this time, seeing it as a period when people had it all, yet squandered it out of ignorance. So why, if real, would a veteran of such an active time in history so openly reveal events yet to come? This question becomes all the more mind boggling when it is apparent that Titor does not care about being believed. Because he states, I realize there is no way for anyone to believe me with absolute certainty, so I hope, at the least, entertaining. I realize my claims are a bit ridiculous, but my intent is not really to be believed. In fact, over this medium, it's impossible to prove I'm a time traveler. Therefore, it's impossible for you to believe. End quote. Yet, far from being apathetic, John Tyter revealed he was afraid of being believed. And he states... The reason time travelers do not reveal themselves is because your society scares the hell out of us. We don't want to end up in a cement room on a permanent supply of sodium pentothal as men with lab coats poke at our machine with a screwdriver, quote. The tenacity with which John Titor stated that he does not expect or want to be believed is an element of this story which, perhaps ironically, serves only to increase people's general willingness to believe him. Unless that was his intention all along. If an elaborate hoax, it stands to reason why someone would state this as an act of reverse psychology. A lack of motive makes the persona of John Titer inherently more en- enigmatic, and more importantly, more believable. The debate surrounding the reality of John Tider is not an easy one to unpick. Both sides make genuine and sympathetic points. On the one hand, it all seems rather fantastical, and as we already live in this future, redundant. Yet the 2.5% divergency effect neatly explains away any inconsistencies, thus redeeming the argument. Tyder's knowledge of science and technology is another aspect which seemingly adds to the case's legitimacy. The alleged time traveler is very forthcoming with information about his time travel machine. Tider even went so far as to post online photocopies of the manual for his time machine, supposedly developed by General Motors and the government in the future. As well as the manual, he also uploaded several photographs of something he claimed to be the machine, which he took in the present day. Theoretically speaking, all of what John Tider claimed in his posts is possible. One person by the name of Martin Pullman took Titer’s ideas and documents one step further and in 2004 filed for a U.S. patent for a time machine. It was published in 2006 and has since been considered an interesting, if albeit theoretical, application for the possibility of time travel. All of this increases the stakes. If a hoax, it's a highly elaborate one, thoughtfully engineered by an educated individual or group of individuals, John Titor could simply not have been invented, in all his complexities, one weekend by an average bored teenager. They'd have to be a fucking genius. Another theory is that John Tider was devised for social control. As the year 2036 is painted in a very specific manner, some people have claimed that Titer is a right-wing personality, invented in order to instill fear of the federal government. However, in one of his posts, he advises people not to hoard guns, explaining that it will only work to make you a target. Since gun ownership is a maxim of the Republican right wing in America, it would almost all, always amount to heresy to not include the necessity of personal gun ownership in a bleak pro-Republican future. That's right, don't try to take our guns, goddammit. Regardless of the persona of John Tyler, his future does touch upon one aspect of American history, history which is very true, the inherent conflict between the countryside and the cities. Such a clash of ideas has been present since the foundation of the United States of America, the rights of individual states being one of the factors that led to the original American Civil War. The conflict between countryside and cities is not going to go away anytime soon either. So, what does the future hold for traditional countryside communities? Alongside the perceived erosion of civil rights, the technological advancements championed by the cities are disenfranchising many in the countryside. Those who rely on traditional methods of employment are witnessing their livelihoods being threatened. Coal mining and its future relevance, for example, was a heavily contentious issue in the 2016 election. And it is predicted that many labor-intensive jobs will be done by robots by 2040. As technology continues to encroach on what is seen to be traditional countryside economies, it's not unbelievable to imagine a future in which those who have suffered under the technocratic age should come into conflict with those who are profiting from it. Such a conflict would be a timeless example of a class struggle in an age of change. It is this chord which Titer struck with an America that had recently lived through the tragedy at Waco, as well as the Oklahoma City attack of 1995. This attack on a federal building was committed by a man who believed that it was necessary to draw attention to the violation of civil rights. In many ways, John Titer was the perfect apocalyptic prophet for the year 2000. If anything, he was a bit too perfect. And this observation is perhaps the most suspicious element of the John Titor case. History very rarely reveals itself to be as predictable as the picture he paints. World War I, for example, defied the logical progression of a civilization which regarded itself as going through a golden age. However, that 2.5% divergency effect will always give John Titor a metaphorical get-out-of-jail-free card. While it may be a fascinatingly elaborate hoax, his story cannot be argued against completely. If all possibilities are happening concurrently across an infinite number of parallel universes, who's to say whether or not the future Titer described isn't one of them? Sure, and I could be made of candy in one of them too. That's right, because I'm so sweet. I know, you got it. While predictable, the alleged time traveler does describe underlying problems which has led the United States to war once before. Is a 2.5% divergence enough to make our future look very different from the one proposed by this mysterious John Tider? After all, our past is filled with small moments that became history-defining. If something had changed in these moments, even ever so slightly, history could have been in, could have ended up being very different. In 1914, for example, if Archduke Ferdinand's driver had taken but 2.5 seconds more to think about where he was going, would he have taken that wrong turn which led straight to the front of the cafe where the Archduke's assassin just so happened to be? Without that wrong turn, that small moment of chance, would World War I have ever happened? Or would World War I merely have happened at a later date, driven by the same underlying problems, but triggered by different circumstances? Thus, just because the future hasn't unraveled precisely as John Titor described it yet, doesn't mean it won't happen at all. In fact, the more time passes, the few people who believe Titor ever really was a time traveler. And yet, some of his statements from 2000-2001 were eerily perceptive. Whoever he was, he foresaw the renewed conflict in the Middle East. He saw growing tensions in the United States. He saw breakthroughs in physics and knew about certain functions of old technologies. In most ways, his predictions have failed. But in others, you can almost see hints of that other world line poking through. Perhaps it's a moot point. He stated, I don't want you to believe me, he wrote in one of his posts so many years ago. And yet, like Doc Brown in Back to the Future Part 3, he left us with a bit of hope that despite the failings of his own time, we could still change our future for the better. And he stated, When the day comes for my prediction to be realized, it will either happen or not. If it does happen, then your ability to judge your environment is crippled by your acceptance of me as a knower of all things, and gifted with the ability to tell the future. If I'm wrong, then everything I have said that might possibly have made you think about your world in a different way is suddenly discredited. I do not want either. Although I do have personal reasons for being here and speaking with you, the most I could hope for is that you recognize the possibility of time travel as a reality, you are able to change your world line for better or worse, just as I am. That was from February 2, 2001. And it all goes back to that 2.5% world line divergence, little shifts and changes in the timeline, perhaps brought on by titer's pre- presence itself. If things were just slightly different, could his future events have played out here? Could our current world line still end up following that path, albeit with different dates and slightly altered events? Since 2012, we've seen such things as the Mandela Effect enter into the public consciousness. Possible clues that our timeline is not as rigid as we would have once thought. All I have left is a simple question. Who knows what the future holds? And with that, my darlings, we've come to the end of the episode, and I thank you for joining me here today, and I hope you'll take some time to reach out to me and share your thoughts on what you think about this. You can always reach me and the show at darkenigmapodcast at gmail.com, and if you have suggestions for a future show or just want to tell me what you think, drop me a line because I do reply to every single email. And on that note my darlings that's all the time I have today. Thank you for joining me on Renegade Talk Radio and don't forget to tune in next time. And don't forget. What do we want? Time travel. When do we want it? It's irrelevant. <laughs> See you my heathens. Love ya. Mwah. We don't sugarcoat shit. <laughs> This is Renegade Talk Radio. Renegade Talk Radio.